Welcome to Mile High Magazine with your hosts, Adam Morgan, Murphy Houston, and Melissa Moore. Mile High Magazine takes a look at the issues and people shaping Colorado, presented by the Public Affairs Department of Bonneville, Denver. Now, here's your host, Adam Morgan. The downward trend of high school seniors reporting smoking cigarettes on a daily basis continues to decline, now settling in at less than 4%. That is a good thing. Conversely, over 37% of seniors report they have been vaping or using e-cigarettes during the last month, a not-so-good thing. And in Colorado, according to the Centers for Disease Control, just under half of teens have tried vaping, the highest in the nation. This is an alarming thing. Greetings again. I'm Adam Morgan. Research indicates 11.7% of high school students are using e-cigarettes, with 25% using mini-pods like the brand Juul. Although teens are quite aware that tobacco is not good for them, 30% of teens begin smoking tobacco within six months of vaping e-cigarettes. And we know the problems and health risks of tobacco. Question is, not only what can be done about it, but specifically, how can parents help keep their youth off the vaping craze? With insight to teens and vaping and possible interventions is, from the Colorado Department of Health and Environment, tobacco communication strategist, Ms. Allison Reedmore. Last summer, we got results from the CDC's survey, which is a nationwide survey called the Youth Risk Behavior Survey. And um, there were 38 states that gave us information from that survey. And of those 38 states, Colorado had the highest high school vaping prevalence of any state in the nation. you got to be kidding Yeah, unfortunately, I'm not kidding. Um, It's a real problem that we have in Colorado. More than one in four of our young people are vaping, which means they told us that they vaped in the last month. Yeah. So that's particularly of concern when we're talking about high school students, because what we know is that almost all of these products do contain nicotine and that young people are using them at an alarming rate. And uh, we also know that it only takes one exposure to a young person to permanently damage their brain development, um, to establish patterns of nicotine addiction, Uh um, to make it more likely that they'll smoke cigarettes, uh, to make it more likely that they'll have attention, mood, and learning disorders. So it's a real problem, and it's something that we've been working on for the past several years. Okay, before we get to that part of it, why are they jumping on that vaping train? Is it because? It's looks cool. It's because they have friends that are 12 and 13 years old and it makes them feel grown up Mm. because uh, tobacco products are not advertised in radio and television. It looks like they don't exist. Mm. But somewhere they got to be getting that message. Hey, man, this is cool to do. Or a message that says, oh, that's not going to hurt me. That's not a real cigarette. So I'll be all right. How are they receiving these messages that? They need to become involved in vaping and e-cigarettes, and it's very cool to do. Yeah, so when we talk to young people, what we hear from them um, in surveys and focus groups and even anecdotally is that there's two main reasons that young people are vaping. One is that they don't perceive it as being risky. So um, when we ask young people whether or not they think smoking cigarettes is risky, almost 90% of them say, yes, that's a risky activity. But when we ask them whether vaping is risky, only about half of them say vaping is risky. And that actually aligns pretty clearly with uh, when we ask 
young people if they've ever vaped, about 44% say they have. Mm -hmm. So um, again, you know, that idea of, you know, do I think it's risky to vape lines up pretty well with whether you're willing to try vaping. And then if you try vaping, are you going to be more likely to become addicted because it has nicotine? Are they thinking this is CO2 that's coming out of that e-cig or that that little container? Yeah. Because they don't smell it, maybe, Mm -hmm. you know. It couldn't be bad for me. Somebody's giving them that message and they are internalizing the message to act on it. Yeah. When we ask young people why they don't think vaping is risky, they tell us that they know it's just water vapor. Um, We know that that idea isn't just coming from a vacuum. They haven't just made up the idea that it's just water vapor and flavors or just steam. That idea is coming from the industry. So there's a really large industry right now of a variety of different vaping companies. Right now, the leading vaping manufacturer is a company called Juul. And actually, a lot of young people don't even think of Juul as a discrete uh, vaping device. They Mm -hmm. actually say, I Juul. They wouldn't say, I vape. So we know that these companies are sending the message or sending the idea or giving the impression that their products are safe, that there's no real risk involved, and that it's really just water vapor to use. Now, we know that that's not the truth. The truth is that what's in vaping products is a number of potentially dangerous chemicals, heavy metals, nicotine, as we already talked about, um, and some uh, aldehydes. So acid aldehyde and formaldehyde have also shown up in in the vapor. And so all of those um, have the potential to cause illness and disease. I I would probably say to my kids if they were that age, luckily they're not anymore. (laughs) Way older. Um, You ever heard of carbon monoxide? And they go, yeah. Is it good for you? They go, no. So can you smell it? No. Can you see it? No. Well, guess what? (laughs) This is the same kind of stuff. I don't know. It's got to be a way to interdict the message Mm. that they're receiving and keep it rolling like that so that they don't think it's cool anymore and they don't have all these development issues that go on. I mean, there's a couple of approaches to that, I think. And um, one of those approaches is providing information to, you know, really contradict what young people are hearing from the industry. We know that in a national survey, eight out of 10 young people, middle schoolers and high schoolers said that they were exposed to vape advertising. So it's really important that they also receive messages on the other side telling the truth about vaping. So so they're they're, they're getting the advertising, what, through banners when they're online, through magazines they read or something so that survey actually asked young people where they saw vape advertising and yeah. the number one place was in stores so the next time you go in into stores uh-huh so the next time you go into a grocery store or yeah. a gas station pay attention to what's called a power wall on your way out that wall doesn't exist by accident it's usually mm-hmm. got cigarettes it will have advertisements mm-hmm. for vapes as well and um you know, tobacco companies pay a lot of money for that kind of real estate, and they do that because they know that it works. And the images they pick up from that and the reading they do real fast says, mm-hmm. oh, I can try this, I'm fine. Yeah, absolutely. So that that's one source. Um, uh, cigarette advertising has been off the air since the early 70s, yeah. but that those rules don't apply to vapor products. So you will actually see vape companies advertising on TV. Jules doing so right now. They can take out ads in newspapers. They can take out ads on the radio, and they have mm-hmm. done so. And uh, even though they have nicotine in their products, yes, because it's not called a cigarette. 
technically it doesn't fit the definition and so they can step around it. That's exactly right. So all of these companies can use traditional media channels to communicate with young people and young people are telling us they're getting the messages. More importantly, a lot of these vape companies now have uh, really strong social media presences. It's been established that they have paid social media influencers to tell other young people that these things are safe, that they're good for them, that they're part of a really cool lifestyle. Um, and we think that's uh, a big way that a lot of young people get the idea that there's no risk associated with vaping. Are they passing out samples and stuff when kids go to concerts? Because I know they used to do that with cigarettes yeah. a lot, you know, outside of the stadiums and stuff. If they are, I'm unaware of that kind of activity. Uh-huh. Um But there have been some examples that have been pretty concerning. For example, recently several vape companies started offering scholarships to young people in an effort to get their branding on college websites and in an effort to kind of get their name in the conversation. Mm -hmm. Offering scholarships to young people to go to college. Um, It's been shown that they've paid underage influencers. So, you know, uh, there was a recent piece about a 17-year-old who Mm -hmm. was getting sponsorships from vape companies to post vape tricks videos on on youtube so um you know there are no real restrictions on so, vape companies so when the vape kids. companies say it's not us that's not right no that's not right um this is a problem that's been created by advertising and marketing to young people by vape companies in much the same way that the the tobacco smoking epidemic was created in the early 60s mm-hmm. and unfortunately we're seeing record high nicotine exposure in our young people similar to what we likely would have seen in the 60s and 70s so the idea is that well we may not get them smoking initially that fast but if we get them on vaping and then it's an easy transition for them to go to cigarettes yeah i can't say what the strategy is from their perspective i can say that there is um pretty robust evidence at this point that young people who vape are more likely to start smoking. The best uh, available evidence shows that a young person who vapes is about four times more likely to try smoking again later. So that's a pretty big impact um, on the likelihood that someone will smoke. Uh, We don't know exactly why that is. We think that it could be because once you're addicted to nicotine, it's possible that you'll find yourself in a situation where you don't have your vape and you do have access to cigarettes. Um, You know, maybe you find yourself at a party or something like that. Um, There's also a hand to mouth element that's very similar. So it might be sort of a a way of easing people into Mm -hmm. it. But whatever the reason is, it's definitely a cause for concern. More boys than girls. No, we find a pretty even gender balance. Really? Yeah. Okay. And, you know, that came up because, you know, many times, uh, I guess when I was younger, ladies uh, who smoked, there wasn't a sophisticated way to do it. There wasn't a cigarette holder around all the time. And so we had more guys trying to be the Marlboro Man mm-hmm. than ladies walking around looking like Audrey Hepburn. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting you say that because there are um, historical, really interesting examples of times when the tobacco industry did target women. Um, you know, Virginia Slims, we've, you've come oh, a long yeah, way, baby. Yeah. yeah. Um, even sure did. one of the earliest examples of any PR campaign was in the 20s, trying to promote cigarettes to women. Um, as a in su- the 20s, as a you really have gone back and found some historical stuff where they've been doing this for a while. Yeah. 
And so so we have an even gender balance. Yeah, pretty even gender balance. Um, We do find that one of the disparities is that young people who go to actually higher income school districts are more Mm -hmm. likely to vape. Yeah, because they can afford all the paraphernalia. Yeah. To do that. And actually, the county with the highest youth vaping yeah. rate in Colorado is Douglas County. Yeah, I could see that then. Mm-hmm. Highlands Ranch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Parker. Yep. So some of the work we're doing to try to um, contradict some of the messaging that's getting to our young people is we did start a media campaign a couple years ago. That media campaign is we've got a version of it for young people that's been in the market for the last two years. And we have another version that's for parents and other trusted adults. We know that um, parents and trusted adults often don't realize um, that vaping is a problem they uh, don't know to look for it uh, or how to look for it sometimes. So it doesn't smell like cigarettes. It can smell like fruit or like chocolate or like candy. And so they might think, oh, that's just my my kid's lip balm or that's just my kid's gum in their backpack and not realize that their kid is actually using nicotine. The other thing uh, that so parents really are not paying attention or need to pay better attention. I think it's just that parents um, are unfamiliar with some of the new technologies, and Mm -hmm. often they don't look like cigarettes. Sometimes they'll look like a little flash drive. So Juul is the most popular product on the market right now. It looks Mm -hmm. just like a flash drive that you'd plug into your computer. If you don't know to look for it, then you probably wouldn't notice it. And it's nothing that even though the child may leave home and vape and then they get back home and they don't. Mm -hmm. There's no residue like smoke. You know, smoke can get in your clothes Mm -hmm. and you're going to smell it. Yep, that's exactly right. vaping doesn't have that characteristic then. No, and there are some signs that parents can watch out for. Um, You know, uh, a shorter attention span, irritability, which, you know, we we know that irritability is kind of a hallmark of um, nicotine withdrawal. So if a young person can't get to their jewel, hasn't been able to have enough that day, they might act really irritable for no apparent reason. You know, excessive thirst, dehydration, that can be a sign that a young person is vaping. Sometimes young people, when they vape, will wind up, um, you know, taking it in through their mouths and then blowing it into their shirt. So unexplained, moving their shirt over their face. Really? Yeah. um, Can sometimes be a sign of vaping. Unexplained fruity or candy smells. Um, And all of that is important to watch out for. But the most important thing that parents can do is try to build a strong relationship with their young person. We know that young people who say that they feel like they can talk to their parents about Mm -hmm. um, complicated issues, including substance use, are actually less likely to vape and less likely to use almost any other substance. So that relationship is key and keeping the lines of communication open so that parents have the opportunity to talk to their young person. Intervention to teens and vaping is the subject on this edition with our guest, Allison Reedmore, the tobacco communication strategist of the Colorado Department of Health and Environment. Our conversation with her will continue on our next edition. I'm Adam Morgan. Do keep in touch. Stay on your game. And we thank you for sharing a few moments of your weekend with us.